The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Billy Morgan is a British snowboarder who surprised the world by taking an Olympic bronze medal in the first ever Olympic big air event at Pyeongchang 2018. Now, you might think that his life is just one long cycle of amazing snowboarding trips and amazing tricks. The reality is a bit different. He went to the Olympics in 2014 and 2018, and both times he suffered major ligament injuries just weeks before the Olympics that put his whole career under threat. But he doesn't give up that easily. And away from the sport, he loves gardening, recycling, and has just become a father. So, Billy, how are you? Just locked up at home, staying busy, doing what I can, which has actually been really nice. So yeah, it's not it's um it's not as bad as it may seem. <laughs> I've seen you. You've quite a, like you've attacked being at home a little bit um, as well. Like you're doing some like you know amusing things uh, to, to keep fit, and uh, and I've seen, you, you're like well into the gardening and stuff like that. And you've got a little a little baby. So I think. Yeah, it's not about being entertained for you. It's staying sane, I guess. <laughs> no, it's, it's been absolutely fine. Like you say, I've, I've been so busy doing bits and bobs, especially when the first kind of lockdown happened. Um, I've always been into my gardening and I was like, sweet, I can like fully and fully go mental on this, which was all right until after lockdown when I realised I'd embarked on this huge adventure and I had to kind of maintain it all. And then I had a baby and started an extension and it's just been all manic. But I've always said it, I'd way rather be super busy then bored um and and that's pretty much been the way i've been a lot a lot of my friends um are just super bored playing games to kind of pass the time chatting online but i'm lucky i've you know my house is big enough that i can go outside and do stuff in the garden or you know do some diy and just stay super busy so it's it's been awesome so you come from southampton which is on the south coast of england not famous for its mountains, but it does have a pretty decent dry slope. So is that how you got into snowboarding? Yeah, Southampton Alpine Centre back in the day. I went skiing with school and then um, we it was like a six, six week go once a week thing with school. And we saw some snowboarders there and we were like, we have to give that a go. Um, and then, yeah, just hooked, absolutely addicted until and then, yeah, here I am. <laughs> 12 seasons later and uh and years racked up on the mountain it's a, it's an interesting one then because you're definitely taking a different path um to go snowboarding because you know people like football cricket whatever uh in the uk so uh, did you come up against that or are you kind of the person who likes being different it was definitely odd at school, but I, I never liked your normal kind of mainstream sports. Um, I was always into mountain biking, like rollerblading, skateboarding when I was young. I was just mashing about between any kind of sport I could get my hands on. That You know, I liked doing anything where I was out and about doing stuff. And we had a good little pack of friends that were, you know, out, out and about. But I don't know what it was about snowboarding. I think it was... Um, after gymnastics and I'd come from quite a structured environment it was the first time I'd seen or gone to a sport where there was like a community 
um, at the ski slope where there was, you know, loads of people interacting and just having the best time. And it just really appealed to me because you could do whatever you want and it was so free compared to the structured ness of, of the gymnastic acrobatic background that I came from. I think it was that that, that I was addicted to. Cause we were always going to like dry slope contests and things like that and like packing ourselves in a, in a van and going to a different dry slope in the summer. And it, it was just the best. And that was from when I was about 14 to 16, 17. Um, I say they were the golden years, but anytime I look back, I'm like, Oh yeah, no, they were the golden years. No, 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 they were the golden years. But there is something really beautiful in that naivety and that like kind of wonder in the world and everything seems possible at that moment and uh your mates are so important in that bit and yeah i think with those all those kind of sports skating and snowboarding it's it's just so much fun (laughs) being with your mates outside i'm so lucky i found myself in this career where that just didn't end like you know it, it went from having the kind of crew in morzine that i had and I was with a company called West Beach. And we had a little crew. We went to America and went all over the place. And then I decided to join the British team, which seemed like it was just going to be super intense and regimented all the time. But it was just so far from that. It was, you know, again, just cruising about with a, a bunch of mates, which are my second family, um, cruising around all over the world doing cool stuff. It's just madness. Super, <laughs> super lucky. I could have... Uh, not that there's anything wrong with swimming, but I just couldn't swim lengths, go to the pool six hours a day, swim back and forth, constantly punishing yourself. And um, I don't know, I was just lucky I fell into a sport that I really enjoyed. When did you first land something where everyone went, Whoa. Depends who you, you mean, because, you know, like when we're at the dry slope, uh, it was, there was one other guy that could do a backflip and he was quite older. And then, you know, I did a back, did, did the backflip, the backflip. And, uh, cause it's such a momentous thing when you first go upside down. You know, I'd only been right, I haven't been riding very long, but cause I could already, cause I was a gymnast, I found it quite easy. Um, and then, so in the, depends what, what pond, you know, big fish, little pond scenario. Then you're doing a season. I did my first like double backflip and a double rodeo, which was super legit. Um, and then in 2011, I did a world's first in Breckenridge when I was with the team and did a triple backside rodeo, which, um, was the first time I got like a worldwide recognition for something where people were like, who, who is this dude? Um, why is he such a kook? What, what, what is he? Where has he come from? Um, I've got an equal amount of hate and love for that because, um, yeah, I just had crazy clothing on and back, you know, like that was when helmets weren't cool and I was wearing a helmet and, um, yeah, just got slated for that. If there was one, it would be the triple rodeo. I think that was the first time it kind of actually put me on the map because I just started doing world cups and, and I did a world's first. People were like, okay, this is. Pretty serious. Well, I bet there's nothing that quite beats that feeling of working towards something, dragging a load of people up halfway up a mountain, halfway across the world, landing it, the euphoria, like we did it, kind of, you know, describe that feeling for me. For me, the the worry and the stress doesn't outweigh the bit at the end. Because I worry about stuff so much. And like, I remember the, 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 doing the quad was like, 
it started off with a conversation in the in a bar with my coach Hamish, and he was like, oh, "I've done the calculations. Like, it's possible we could do it if you wanted to." And I was like, "Yeah, that'd be funny." Like, you know, a couple of scoops deep. And in the morning, he kind of carried the conversation on, and I was like, oh, "Okay, we're gonna do it, are we?" Um, but you know, when, when it all comes to it in the end, like we're going up the up the hill on the lift, seeing the kind of jump coming over the hill, and you're there turned up on that day, and you're like right today's the day that's the kind of moment that i love doing snowboarding and the sports that i do because you, you know it's all, all your focus is kind of consumed by it. you don't have any time to worry and you're just focused and do, doing your thing um and when it comes to fruition if that's the right word or pronounced that right <laughs> um it is it is unbelievable you can't you can't or i don't get that feeling anywhere else um and it gives you the drive to keep doing it and strive for more. And that was always what I was just addicted to. It was that constant push to get that feeling again, whether it's the first, you know, my first backflip on the dry slope, or buzzing for days afterwards, to to doing the quad. Where, yeah, you, you just can't describe it. All, all your all, all the worries out the way. You've 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 been at the, in this super intense, like you know you don't know what's going to happen, and then just everything's all right which is great if it works out. Sometimes, obviously, it doesn't. Um, but that feeling with the quad didn't last very long because Rowan, one of the younger guys that I was riding with, broke his hip like two runs later. Um, and I had to drive his car back to Innsbruck and he got hellied off to the next resort. And it was just like such a climax to to, to such a trough. But yeah, that's the, the ups and downs of, of what we do. And that's what makes it so good. I mean, was he all right? Uh, yeah, in in the end, he was fine. He would it, it was it was bad. You don't really want to be breaking your hip. He was only twenty two at the time. That was Rowan Cortez. He rode, rode the oh, Olympics right. with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he was fine. Good. I was like, it was a little bit like then, mate. Can we talk about this? I didn't realize that about the you know the the backside quad court eighteen hundred should give it its full title. Well, he was trying front trip. So, and there's only one person that had done a frontside triple cork 1440. Um, so that would have been like mega for him because he was super young and it would have been like a similar thing that would have properly put him on the map. And he was so close as well. He'd like pretty much landed two beforehand and then just, just blew it and broke himself. But it seems like snowboarding on the outside sometimes is just all, we just see the highlights, right? And yeah, they'll, they'll chuck in a few slams. But they look pretty awesome as well, you know, in the videos or whatever. But actually, it's like people get hurt. Uh, your mum is worried. <laughs> oh, mate, <laughs> right. there, there are huge things that go on behind the scenes. Like when, I've, when I have long car journeys with people, I, you know, I, I don't speak to very often. I, I give them the whole ins and outs of everything. And they're like, man, I just thought your life was just just constantly amazing and positive and you're just doing rad tricks all the time. They don't know that you're like, I'm worried about going into the park because people expect me to be really good and I haven't ridden for a few weeks and I've, like, the pressure of that is like, and I'm not riding very well and I have to practice switch 360s instead of doing triple corks. And I, you know, I was like, just so many weird things happen like that that, um, yeah, people, people don't know about that. I mean, I don't know what goes on in everybody else's heads, but it's just constant calculations going on and you can't suppress them. And that's what, why it's so important to have my friends around, especially when I'm competing, is if I'm left alone, I will just go mad 
So I need, I need to be distracted. So we just, just talk utter rubbish all the time at each other. And I think it works for everyone because you've done all your preparation. You've turned up to do whatever you're going to do. The only time you really need to be thinking about it is when you drop in all that time beforehand, you don't need to pressurize yourself. So just, just wash it out with garbage that you don't need. So we just, just rip each other and have a good time. And, and that I think is the best prep for doing something really intense. Just distract yourself until you actually need to concentrate. But that doesn't, that could, that might not work for everybody else. Let's talk about Pyeongchang 2018. You had a knee ligament injury just a few weeks beforehand, meaning that you hadn't actually done that much snowboarding leading into the games. I mean, it wasn't even really clear if you were kind of fit enough to compete, but you did and you ended up with a bronze medal. I mean, how were you feeling that morning of the big air? I had had to have my ear syringed that morning. I had, I had my ear gone. I woke up and my ear was blocked and my balance was thrown off. And I was like, okay, this is weird. Like I, I woke up like, uh, and I went to see Hamish and I was like, mate, I, I need to go and see a doctor. Like, like my, my ear's blocked. So I had to go and get that unblocked that morning of qualies. And, um, that's not an ideal scenario when you're like, right. Okay. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go down to the breakfast hall. going to, Get up, all my plans all, all squared up, but had a blocked it. Anyway, that that passed <laughs> and was was actually fine. And I was like, "Whoa, I feel way better now." From you know when you when you know when you sorry, I'm digressing now. But you know when you lose your phone and then find it again, you're like, "Oh, that feels so good." Would it have been better if you just didn't lose your phone, or would you rather lose it and find it and be like, "Oh, I feel great," and now I found my phone. I felt I was, you know, I was like, "Okay, I'm on top of the world. I feel great now." After that. And um, yeah, it went up and handled business. But after the knee and everything like that, it, we're constantly battling um, injuries. It's not like when I went to Korea, it was abnormal. Like the freestyle skiers and snowboarders, as far as I know, unless you're 12 years old, pretty much constantly dealing with something. Um, everyone's getting a rub up from their physios and like, all the time, especially the older cats like me. I'm like hobbling around, like <laughs> getting my Zimmer frame out to get up to the top of the start gate. The front side 1440 triple, when you landed that, I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> you can actually watch it at olympicchannel.com, the whole big air competition, both men and women. It's super good fun to watch. Had you actually landed that trick before? So I'd done a couple, not with the double grab, um, or maybe I had, I can't remember, but I'd done one or two, one sketchy one and one good one in Sass Fay, um, a few weeks before and a, and a heap onto an airbag in Whistler. Um, but it's not, it, it was never my good way of spinning. Um, I'm like a back, backside and cab spinner, um, which is anti-clockwise, my preferred direction of spin. Um, so frontside always struggled with. So the run up to it's what let me down in Russia. And uh, for the, the, those four years, I worked on it a lot and it was still my weaker side. But I think because I'd worked on it so much, it ended up being my only option for my second trick in big air because you need two different directions. Um, so my backside trip was kind of a given. That's what I was going to do. And we made a decision at the beginning, um, to try 
cab triple and front triple and do two or three of each and see which one was better. And my cab was just terrible for some reason. And front side was just working. And we were like, right, good plan. Stick with that. You're doing a front trip. Um, Hamish's Hamish's calculations came through and that that was the best choice. (laughs) And then a lot of the big name favourites, I mean, a lot of them fell just after you went. That's what made it such a surprise in the end because... I I was one of the first riders to go and I think I was in second or third um, and I was just, just I, I went to leave because obviously I wasn't going to end up on the podium because the plethora of the world's best riders are about to come down. It was my day, I guess. The cards were right. I think what happened was a couple of the early, or me and um, Kyle both did 14s, which meant that the other guy, and they were quite good 14s, it meant the rest of the guys had to do something harder um, to, to get better points. So it wasn't worth them trying to do a better 14 to kind of better our score by a little bit. They had to go all out and do a 16 or something better. And we, I think that putting that pressure on them maybe made them change their plan, which caused that. I don't know. I was actually there, you know, in the crowd for that event and... I don't know, I could just see from afar just how happy the team, like the Team GB were. And I just got, I I got a little bit emotional and I could see some of the team as well getting a bit emotional too. I mean, have you watched it all back yet? Yeah, I watched it back a year afterwards. I didn't, I didn't watch it for um for a year because you don't see what's going on being a rider. You can't, you you can only see a couple of people that go before you, and you have no time to kind of take it in because you're concentrating on what you're doing so much. Um, I watched it all back and was like, that was quite a good show. I can see why people were like, I'm going to go snowboarding. I saw Jack cry, my my best mate, the assistant coach. He uh, tried to hide it, but I saw it. I saw it. And uh, yeah, there was a few tears shed, which was, I've never seen that before. It was quite emotional, especially the physio, Alison, Alison Rob, Jesus. I was like, it's, it's okay. Like, no, one, no one's dead. <laughs> Chill. Um, but yeah, she's like the team mum. So she's obviously going to be a bit emotional. Were there moments in your career where you thought, I've had enough, I'm injured, can't be bothered with this, you know, I'm going to give it, I'm going to, I don't know whether I can carry on. There are a few points where, where I was, I was like, look, I I, I just don't want to do this. I I think I was at a big air in Spain and I'd I'd done the slope style and we'd come to the big air. I'd I'd had a mare at the slope. And um, I said to Ham, I was just like, "Look, mate, I'm just, I just, I'm just not feeling it. I, can't, I just, I can't do it." And he was like, "Mate, you know, it's fine. Like, you don't have to do anything." And that's because I always feel like there's all your mates and that are around you. You're letting them down as well. It's not just like me. Like everybody else has come to that contest. You know, my mates that are riding as well. It's always nice to ride in a pack. You know, the coaches, friends, and family. Like, if I just don't do it. It, it's letting more than yourself down. It's letting like you let me down. <laughs> yeah. Um, but th- th- there's only a few times I think where, where that happened. When something bad happens, I was always just like, right, what's the plan? What's next? How do I get back to fighting fit? 
how do I crack on and carry on doing what I'm doing? There's something amazing then about when you do achieve that big thing. And I feel like uh, with snowboarding, a little bit like skateboarding, there's kind of, sometimes can be an awkward relationship with the Olympics. And it's like, you know, I want to do this and I want to be the champion of the world. You know, that isn't this, this thing. not about that with us guys. I mean, for, for some of the riders it is. I've seen some interviews with, with some of the other guys and they're like, I'm going to go and win a, a medal at the Olympics. But it's, I've always said it's what, it's what has allowed me to continue living the lifestyle that I love. So, you know, I love so much. Um, hanging out with my friends, going snowboarding, although it's super intense and you, you have to do gnarly stuff where you might die. Um, it's worth it. <laughs> now, I think that moment where everyone's crying and hugging yeah. is worth it. There's a really good photo of, um, of me on one side of the barrier and I'm like, like hugging all my homies on the other side. Um, just after that, and it's yeah, it's a pretty um, pretty tear jerking moment. That <laughs> I am wondering about New Year's resolutions because twenty twenty, Corbel I me. If it's not necessarily for yourself, maybe we could come up with a resolution for the world. I do so much to try and be as efficient and use as little as possible and reuse everything. You know, I could compost all my gubbins and make stuff out of things and keep stuff I'm never going to, or don't think I'm going to use again. And it actually bogs me down because if I've used too much electricity or water, it like does my head in. <laughs> my girlfriend hates it because <laughs> I'm trying to be too efficient all the time and um, trying to organize everything and it's just not happening. But um, I think that's a, especially now in this time, I think we do need to take the environmental issues more seriously. I'm not going to become that that guy that's preaching on everyone, but reduce, reuse, recycle is an age old term that needs readopting. I think it's it's especially true for like you know winter sports. If you want to keep watching them, they are pretty amazing. We're going to have to change what we're doing that, that ship has sailed something really dramatic has to happen for that to change but we're not going to go down that avenue <laughs> that's another hour <laughs> we need another hour for that <laughs> um people should yeah. people should do what they can it's the powers that be the governments and that they need to sort that out but yeah so anyway yes billy it's been a it's been a, a, a pleasure it's very enjoyable thank you very much Olympic Channel Podcast. Massive thanks to Billy. Go follow him on Instagram as Billy underscore Morgman. Let us know what you think. We are Olympic Channel across all social media. Go and give us a follow. I'm Eddie Knowles with an I and E if you want to follow me. That is it for now, though. Stay safe, stronger together, and we'll see you very soon. Think like an Olympian.